0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hi, everybody. I'm Cassidy, one of your Indianapolis Colts cheerleaders, and you're watching the Believe in Colts podcast.
1: Welcome back to Believe in Colts. I'm Lawrence Horne. With me, as usual, is my guy. Oh, there you are. Donald Thomas. Thomas. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, today, obviously, uh, this is not Victory Monday, all right? This is, holy crap, what did we just witness on Sunday, Monday? This is That's what we're actually going to be going over. The Indianapolis Colts look nothing like what we have seen for most of the season in, in, in reality. I mean, this is the first real true blowout that I've seen the Indianapolis Colts have, you know, in the negative. All year, even the Jacksonville loss that we had the second time we played did not look this bad. What was your initial reaction after the game on Sunday, Donald?
0: Um, just exactly what sometimes a coach will do is just be super unpredictable. And sometimes you don't know what team you're going to get. I think um, I think yesterday was was exactly that. It was more so. <laughs> Who is this team? What are we watching? Um, what is going on? Do they understand the severity of the situation that it just wasn't, it just wasn't. I just think that the cart was put a little bit before the horse on this game, so to speak, and enjoy a win dancing it and dancing in the locker room, but we got to take care of business the following week. And so that's clearly what did not happen
1: yesterday. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot to go over with this game because, um, I mean, blame can be spread around to a lot of different people. Uh, Before we get into it, I want to remind everybody that BetOnline is still your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, NFL, NBA, and more. BetOnline continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device today and sign up. Get in on that action. Remember use promo code believe that's b l e a v to receive your 50% rewards on your first deposit bet online where the game starts. So first and foremost, all right, there's a lot of blame and there's a lot of blame being thrown at Gardner Minshew in this game and I'm going to be perfectly frank and honest here as I watched it I rewatched that game 3 times afterwards. I watched it tw- uh, once yesterday, afterwards, twice today. I thought Gardner Minshew actually played a decent game. From what I was seeing, it, there was no plays to me where I looked at and go, what the hell are you doing? You know, uh, from what I saw, it was pretty reasonable from what what what, what happened. His accuracy wasn't awful. There was a few plays where the ball could have been placed a little bit different spots but especially like let's say uh the Granson pass or the uh uh Alec Pierce pass now those those plays also were a little bit down the field but I didn't see horrible play call Ho- I mean horrible pass attempts where it's like 5 yards off the target stuff like that he was still 66% completion percentage uh that strip sack that he had that wasn't even his fault he was in the midst of throwing the football and Trey Hendrickson just burnt Bernard Ryman terribly, terribly. And then was able to swap the ball as he was bringing it back to pass, you know, which happens and credit credit uh, Trey Hendrickson on that. But I thought overall offensively, I thought the quarterback actually played the uh, a better game than the other positions on the team. I'm not saying he was perfect. I'm not saying he was great. I'm just saying he was not awful um you disagreeing with me
0: n- no i'm not disagreeing with you um i was asking a question if okay. he's not to blame then who is but before you answer that when you are as quarterback mm-hmm. you are going to fall on the sword first mm-hmm. how it goes right like it's I mean, you could say like defense gave up this, or, you know, so-and-so did this, but at the end of the day, it's just like like you're gonna you're, you're, you're gonna take the first eye of scrutiny in everything, right? So they got blown out, they didn't play well, defense couldn't stop plays, big plays from happening, run game was ineffective, but it's always gonna be Gardner's fault. That's just how it is. Like, you know what I'm saying? So, like, well, at the end of the day, you know, um, I don't know, man. It just, you, you, when, if you, if you celebrate and you're happy and you, you can do all that, but you got to come back then the following week and follow up with a great performance. Like, you just yeah. got, you've, like, you've got to lead your troops in the battle, but you're always going to be the first one that's going to get the finger pointed. It just is what it is. It's like, why do you get paid the big bucks? It's why, what you signed up for It's why you love playing quarterback. You accepted all that. So, could Gardner's play have been better? When you're not the starting quarterback, when you're not the guy who everyone thought was going to be the guy that was going to start the season off and, and, and we we're going to really put the the, the show the, the the team on your back, and that when you when you don't win a game, you're going to take the rap first and foremost for anybody else. Does it just is what it is? Here's the guy with the cool comment. I hope hope you're watching this today, right? Where I was when you asked me last week about Gardner uh, Minshew Mania, I said no, it's not Minshew Mania anymore. Like he's managing football games. He's doing this, but no one's like waiting to see Minshew come out here and throw for 350, yards every game. Like we all know that's not happening. Like we all know that when you come out of nowhere and catch people by surprise, then you're going to get the hype of Minshew mania. Like he got back in Jacksonville, but you're not going to get that anymore. Like people know who you are and people know what kind of quarterback you are. So at the end of the day, like you can't be one way one week, and then another way the other week, because you're not the guy initially. So if you lose a game, you're getting your finger, you're getting the finger pointed at first before anybody else because he's not as good as Anthony Richardson or the other starting quarterbacks. Like this is what we suspected. Blah 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 blah. Like you just got to take it and just it's just part of the game. It just it just is what it is.
1: I mean, everybody has bad games. I mean, I don't know how many people out here watch the Texans Jets game, but C.J. Stroud was awful in that game. I mean, he was completely blown up uh look in my opinion oh, hold on, on, the offense, hold the on hold majority, on hold on uh-huh
0: but but who gets more grace in the situation stroud and stroud, yeah, stroud more grace
1: or does Minshew? stroud's going to because he's a okay runner. and he's
0: and he's the guy who everyone put
1: high mm-hmm.
0: drive pick starting blah blah blah, and you've done well you had to you you've exceeded expectations now all of a sudden you have a bad game it's Oh, it's it's part of the the growing process. It's part of the maturation deal, right? It's part of rookie getting the jitters out. All the above, right? So he gets more grace than Gardner does in that situation. It just happens to be how the how the how, how the cookie crumbles.
1: Yeah, you know. So
0: go I don't want to. Th- I don't want to throw oh, it no, up.
1: No, you're good. See, in my opinion, I'm looking at this now. First off, there was a lot of passes where receivers got two hands on the ball mm-hmm. and did not come down with it. I get the football hit the top of the helmet on that pass to Granson. Granson still had both his arms over the head. Should have came down with the football. The hands hit Alec Pierce. could have been bled better, yes, but Alec Pierce still got his hands on it. Should have come down with it. Uh, the throw over the middle to Drew Ogletree. Was it a awkward-looking, you know, placement? Maybe. But Ogletree got both his hands on it. You know, those are plays that need to come down with. Still, even with that, by far and away, the worst group was the offensive line on the offense. The offensive line was unable to make holes um, for the running back, especially up the gut from the majority of the game. And they could not pass protect. Gardner Minshew was under pressure the entire night. And it wasn't just Trey Hendrickson. It was... You know, different positions all over the place. So I got a question from you: mm-hmm. Is I want to know what did you see from the offensive line? What happened there that, um, you know, got this Colts offensive line humming on all cylinders the last few weeks to this past Sunday, just looking like hot garbage out there on the field.
0: Um, just inconsistency and in leadership. I'm just going to be point blank with you in. You're gonna have games where where you I mean everyone's gonna have a day. Everybody's gonna have their day. Everyone's gonna every group's gonna have their day. You, you know, you can pick and choose. But like as offensive linemen, offensive line play, like you can't have a you can't have a day. Like consistently, like if, if one guy has a few bad plays or he's gotta pick his play up, that's one guy. But when you have collectively everyone, you can cherry pick, play here, play here, play here for everybody. Yeah it's not going to work. Right. So like, it just was like point of attack. It was just lack of lack of uh, running off the football point of attack was just like, if you saw it, you you watched the game three times. So you, you've seen it even more than me, but you can usually tell like as an offensive lineman, like when I'm watching the game, if that's going to be a good run or not from the, from the, from the jump, it ain't the handoff. It ain't any, the, the, the receivers blocking on the outside. I'm looking at in the middle, did the guy get on his angle? How did he come off the football? do we have a chance to get at least three to four yards just, just by them doing that? And it was very rare when they when you saw that happen this game. I really didn't see it at all. Like, every everything was like stalemate. Like, you know, like Zach really never had a chance to like get going, get momentum, hit a hole hard. Everything was pitter-patter trying to find something. Guys getting blown back into the backfield. Like, you see one lineman get blown back, it, nine times out of ten, it's not going to be a good play unless it's an outside run and they're run, you're running away from that. But if he's on the front side of that, the play is doomed from the start. So um, it's just like, everyone, I don't think that, I don't really feel like everybody just took that, like the offensive line as a group. Like you've got to understand Understand the severity of the situation at all times. You got to understand the severity of the actual, um, the game and how it's going to be played. And it runs through, runs, runs through that group. I didn't see that. I did not see that on yesterday. Uh, but I want to ask you a question, though, Lawrence. Go ahead. It's offensive line, the offensive line, you know, we know that they, they did not play well yesterday. They know they didn't play well yesterday. They know that they left a lot out there on the field. And when they go back and watch this film, it's going to be very disturbing for them to really look at it because, honestly, to God, truth, the game starts up front, offensive, defensive line. But you, before we segue to that, you asked me, or you, you said, Alec Pierce, that he, he grants in. Um, you know, Minshew uh, with throwing, throwing these receivers the balls, right? Three,
1: yeah.
0: Ogletree, right? You, you you picked out the plays, but let me ask you a question, though. Right? You said they, they were catchable, like one, you know, on the helmet, both hands the ball, but how many guys are making that catch in the NFL? How many guys are how many guys are making that catch? Not, you, but here's the deal. As I think you it's here,
1: probably, a, those catches are probably, I would say, 50-50. I mean, that's consider, considering
0: right 50, 50 50 50 balls right yes now think about okay so now we're gonna say the 50 50 balls right but then again at the same time how many guys are coming up with those 50 50 balls consistently in the league those are your number one guys right so that leads me to the, to my next question right or my, my segue to the next part of my statement is are these the guys to make those plays are they ready to make those plays? Can they handle making those big-time plays? Like, how many guys in the league can make those big-time plays? Do we have a guy, really honest to God truth, in a game like this that's very important, every game is super important, to make a play like that? Like, when you got to have a play, can they make a play? Or do we got to go get a guy that's going to make that play? And that's all I've been saying about the whole paying somebody, you know, top, as, as your top receiver. Is he the guy to make that play?
1: I think the Colts have one guy on the team that could legitimately make those plays every time, and I think that's Michael Pittman Jr. Every time? Probably nine out of ten. You know how many times we see that guy come out there and make just stupid catches and 50-50 balls and then get creamed and still come down with the football? I mean, it's happened so so many times. So if, if that's the case, then why weren't he getting them? (laughs) <laughs> right you see
0: like that's 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 all like that's where I'm going with that whole thing it's like we talk about you know tight ends make our go. is that the guy that make the play You yeah. so, uh, talk the other receivers like is Alec ready to make that play he shows promise and quite frankly there's a lot of receivers young receivers that can make plays they flash they make you know they can run routes they're fast if they're open but how many times like when they start getting coverage like real tight coverage that's when you find who a real dog is. That's why there's only a certain upper echelon of like, what are your, who are your top 10 receivers? Yeah. But you know, like, and, like well, who's a top five hitting free agency? Like we need one of them dudes. We need to go get, I'm telling you man. I'm telling you, I've been saying it all season, you got me over here sweating a little bit, but I'm just saying we got to add that to the roster because if we don't, then we're going into the same situation as next year of Michael Pittman makes all, he's the main playmaker. Right. He's the one who's who's leading the team in receiving yards. and then everyone else is kind of like they flash here and there. But how how consistently is it because of playoff teams? You got when you look at the playoff teams, look at Lake and look at their, their receiving cores. When you look at when you look at San Fran, when you look at I hate to say it, the Cowboys, when you look at when you look at Philly, when you like you see I like, you see where I'm going with this. Like we look at their receiving cores. They got. Two guys it, it, they can go both it can go either way, like who's gonna make a play? But then I don't just know who play.
1: the second guy on Kansas City is now. I don't think there is one. I think I didn't say- Kelsey and everybody else isn't a guy that I feel like you can lean on.
0: I didn't say, but I noticed I did not say Kansas yeah. City. Right? <laughs> like I mean, I know they're they're considered a playoff team and they will be a playoff team, but like absolutely they're gonna have to win through their defense. Mahomes and, and Kelsey, and then Pacheco is gonna have to bring up the rear. Yeah. Right. Like, but I'm just saying as a whole, like, when, so when you look at our, the Colts in our situation, uh, when you just look at it from a standpoint of like, who is the main playmaker other than Pittman? Yeah. Like, we're high on all of our guys as we should be from a fan standpoint. You gotta, you gotta root for the guys. You gotta have all the hope in the world that they're going to make a play. You gotta put that on their shoulders and really want to see these kids be successful and make plays and beat teams. But realistically, like, where does, where does Alec Pierce or or, or a Granson or Ogletree really fall on a ver- on a playoff team
1: depth chart wise and that's that the sad thing is we got Alec Pierce specifically for that deep threat 50-50 go get it down the field guy and when he's open he makes the catches when it's contested on a deep pass contested catches it seems like he has problems there mm-hmm. i i i'm, I'm liking lately However, in the short range area, the the, the mid-range, you know, the the eight to fifteen yards when it's contested, he seems to make those, but he's mm-hmm. having problems with those 50-50s when it's 25, 30, 35 yards downfield down the sideline. Yeah. Right. So yeah, I I hear you. And and look, Michael Pittman Jr. might be able, might be that guy for us, you know, but you know, as you said. When you, you need two guys, because defenses are going to hone in on him and they're going to lock him down with double teams or over under or whatever you want to do to take him out of the game, and then you're going to have to rely on other guys making those tough one on one catches. Somebody's going nice to have to make a play. Now, I would like to get back to the offensive line, and it's not just the offensive line. I'm this goes to offensive line, defense, even special teams. Man, we shot ourselves in the foot a million times. Yeah. You're talking about how the um, offensive line, You didn't, re- you don't remember one time where they blocked well on a run. There was one, I remember, that touchdown that was called back, okay? That touchdown that was called back, that was blocked out very well. It was like 12 yards out, ran in almost untouched, and then, bam, called back. And dude, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, okay, it was a holding call.
0: But I didn't see it. Debatable. Say debatable. Uh, I said it's debatable in my in my opinion.
1: I, I, I didn't see the hold. You know, his right hand looked fine. Or his left hand looked fine. I could not see the right hand. I could not see where it was at because of the angle of.
0: Yeah. I mean, I was clearly. No, we couldn't see it either, But it had to be outside the framework. You just got to give them the, the benefit of the doubt to say that that hand was not, was not here. It was here. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, the only way she could make sense of it. We couldn't see it. But I felt like he didn't really alter the dude's body like that. Yeah.
1: To so yeah, be a,
0: a holding call. So, But it know. wasn't
1: just the offense. I mean, every time we get in a positive situation, it would get called back or put us in a hole. And that was a problem. Defensively, we had that same issue. You know, you had jumped offside. You had um a situation where we held him to a field goal and dude literally propped himself up on somebody who you weren't supposed to do. And right. Then, They went and scored a touchdown right afterwards. Uh, Kick, uh, punt return. The blocker ran into the kick return.
0: Like stuff like that. Like bad news bears football. Like bad news bears football. Like it's just you, you like you, and that's and that's what I'm saying. Like the teams that don't do that are the teams that make runs. You can't have these blunders in December. That's a September issue. It cannot be December issue when everything's on the line. It all matters. And right now, you'll see the team that is overall, when you look at the roster top to bottom, doesn't have a ton of playoff experience on it. These are the teams that do not go far because there's no one there as a whole to really get everyone to understand this. I don't care about coaches going and making championship runs and playoff. That they don't play on Sunday. It's going to take the players as being together and for everybody to be on the same page. Everybody to come together before you get on that airplane. While we're in the in the practice field during the week, practice facility during the week. While we're at practice, everybody's got to be locked in and believing the same thing, so that we can come out on Sunday and everybody knows the deal without it, without it be even being said. But when you have like these these mishaps and mistakes like this and a whole group of guys not coming to play. Like, yo, everybody in the league is good. Like, over across the board, everybody is in the league. Everybody in the league is good. There's no slouches to where, like, we're about to just beat up on these dudes. Like, yeah, as a whole, that, that defense might not be as good as the last that you played the week, before, week prior. But I'm telling you right now, you got super talented guys that can make a play at any given time. And if you there's take that lightly... Like this is a team that just lost their quarterback after you guys lost yours. This is a team that is has have the worst record than you by by one game. This is a team that you gotta understand that you gotta keep them out of playoff contention too. Like, because they're you guys are fighting for the same spots right now. Mm-hmm. Like if that's not enough to have everybody on the same this you know that Jacksonville's wounded animal right now. You know that Houston's fighting for the same thing that you're fighting for. Like we got it. we have a chance to not just say F the wild card. I'm going to lock down this playoff spot. It's very real. It's possible it can happen, but until everyone's on the same page, it won't happen. And that goes for any team. I'm not just talking about just the Colts. Any team that's in contention to win something, if you don't come out every... Now, the best teams are those teams that are ascending right now. The Denver's are the world, right? That are just hitting on all cylinders right now, playing well. You know what I'm saying? Everything's clicking. They took their They took their lumps early in the season. They don't want to feel that again and they're just trying to beat teams and play well. Everybody knows what that taste is of having all them points put on them earlier in the year. They don't ever want to feel that ever again.
1: See, to me, it's not just the offense. It wasn't just special teams, you know, the blunders, the the, the mishaps. Defensively, I thought defensively they played pretty good outside of four plays. Four. Mm -hmm. Three of those were screenplays that took up over half the passing yardage, Mm -hmm. right? That was nasty. I ain't never seen – wait, I'll take that back. Last time I saw that was Colts Minnesota last year, all right, when they made that big 31-point comeback in the second half against the Colts, right, and it was just screenplay Dalvin Cook, screenplay Dalvin Cook, screenplay Justin Jefferson, you know. And they come back, and they, they lit us up. This game, we let three screens go for about 170 yards, all right? And three screens no, – it was 145 yards. Three screens for 145 yards is ridiculous. Absolutely. Uh, there's no excuse for it. None. Once the first one happens, I can, I can let one slide. I can let one big play from a screen slide – but once they keep doing it, you gotta have your eyes open and ready for it, don't you? I mean, that's a that's a situation where, yeah, fool me once, shame on me, right? Fool me twice, no, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame, oh, shame on, me. on that's me. That's how it goes. Yeah,
0: I thought you were about to remix it a little bit or something yeah. like
1: that. But, but <laughs> no. Fool me three times,
0: <laughs> right? Shame on it's, everybody.
1: Yeah, it
0: <laughs> be a bad day, but he, but but here's the thing. When you have a team that rushes, when you have a team that has guys that get up the field and try to get to the quarterback all the time, the, you're going to be a team that's very susceptible to screens. And this is the beauty of this is the beauty of coordinators and how they're playing games against each other. It's the game within the game. So the D coordinator, O coordinator are studying each other. They think they know their MO's. So the old coordinator for Cincy's like, oh, Gus Bradley doesn't want to rush, drops guys in the coverage, you know, like he, he wants guys to sit and make plays. D-line is going to rush up the field, especially early in the game, right? Especially early, they got all the juice. I'm going to hit them with a screen. I know the middle field's going to be more open because you got guys running off with the receivers, right? Tight ends, what, what have you. They're going to be susceptible to the screen. Boom! It happened. Big play. All right. Wait. Wait a little bit. Wait a little bit. We got okay. We got the right personnel on the field. We know what their thing is about to happen. Boom! Hit them with another one. And on top of that, that just goes to show you that they got. It comes down to watching film. Now, I'm not saying coach fans don't get it twisted or anything like that. Don't. I'm not saying that no one's watching film. But what I'm saying is this is that when you' getting when you see certain formations as a defensive player, just like when offensive players as an offensive lineman I see a certain defensive formation, you gotta think you gotta know what's up. you have to have at least three to five scenarios of what can happen as I'm watching this unfold in front of me and you gotta sniff it out. I got to know when a blitz is coming. I got to know when, when when line sets are coming. I got to know when guys are shifting. I got to know if this guy's bluffing or not, if he's coming to linebacker or he's just messing around in front of me to get me to jump all sides. He's going to drop in coverage or he really blitzing. So as a as a defensive player, it's no different. I see a trips formation. Boom. I already know there's only three plays that can happen out of this right now with, with the defense that we have on the field. I see I see a two-by-two two set. I see two backs in the back. I got to know all the scenarios and know what's up. So it could come down to, like, not, I don't know. They practice screens in practice. They practice against screens for 100%. I know they threw a couple of them at them, But the same time, it's, it has to translate to the game when it really matters. When you don't have a script before you go out to practice and you know they're going to throw a screen in there, before you know, like, we'll make sure we have this defense in the field, that's what's going to stop it. When the real bullets are flying, your guys got to know that this is coming. This is a possibility of it coming, right? And then, quite frankly, Somebody's got to make a play. Somebody's got to be, be able to break down in space, beat the offensive lineman, make a play too, right? Guys got caught in bad spots, and linemen just literally got a hand on them, or, or they just like they they weren't under control, and they just reaching out. You ain't going you are not going to stop anybody with a, with an arm tackle in the NFL. So, it just was a simple thing of like, guys have to be more aware of the possibility of the plays that they can see and study film, and just have a sense of urgency and. Hell, if I don't see it, somebody else be, better be calling it out. Why well, screen, 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 something. You know what I'm saying? And so I don't put all the blame on Gus Bradley. I don't. I think everybody should be held accountable for it, right? But at the end of the day, like, we're big boys. We got to make plays when, when our numbers are called.
1: Yep, yep. And uh, Gus Bradley is not the only defensive court or not the only guy that's making play calls that has a little blame to put on their shoulders. I'm sorry, but Shane Steichen does too. Yeah, Every game this year, except yesterday, there were three or four plays where I was like, oh, well, I like that call. That's nifty. I've not seen that before. You know, whether it worked or didn't work, you know, it was something that you hadn't seen. And if I hadn't seen it, then I know that, you know, odds are, you know, if I hadn't seen it, there's a chance that, you know, the The opposing defensive coordinator hadn't seen it because, you know, something new that comes yeah. out, you know, you got put a team on their heel. I didn't see that yesterday. No, you know, not a single play.
0: You know, um, the only thing that I'll, I'll give him grace on is that as you kind of get into the season, like where you're at now, unless you have some earth shattering something new or different or, or a wrinkle in the, a, a, a wrinkle in the offense you just got to go with what works and do the do that like go back and fine tune those things. Um, and so I don't think that he wants to keep making the offense com- more complex than what it is. Like he I, in his mind, it's like all right, I got Jonathan Taylor out, I got Minshew. I know what I know his capabilities. My offensive line, I know what they do well. Um, my receivers, I know what they can and can't do. My tight ends, I know what they can and can't do. This is what we've been doing well and winning some football games in the process. So I'm not going to shake things up too much.
1: But why? but what about plays that have been successful in the, in the past this year can't you just you know maybe bring one of those you know that they the the players have already practiced it and ran it and it's been successful once why can't right. you try it again occasionally don't just one yeah. and done for the season for
0: that play so if a team if a team runs a fake punt and it's successful how many weeks do you think is going to be until you see another fake punt probably a while same way, right? Because like those those plays when you when you cook something up are like one-off plays that work against a certain defense, a certain defensive type of front what have you um scheme schematically works, you know what I'm saying? But it's never something that you can you 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 put your base, your baseline in for a reason and then you kind of have derivatives off of that. But then you have like the annexation of Puerto Rico, right? You have the the if anyone is a little Giants fan, I was like, and you're around my age just came out in 93. Like, you know how, like, the annexation of Puerto Rico was a special play that was cooked up at the end of the game for the Little Giants to beat the Cowboys, right? Like, you have those one or two plays that you don't, that you know are going to work against a certain situation, right? But it's perfect. We can go back to this. And um, another, someone else commented. I watch all the YouTube comments, by the way. Another guy commented that I was, that I don't know what I'm talking about, about Grover Stewart, like, he smiled because you probably read it, right? And he's like, you know, I think he's going to be a big all the comments, Yeah, It's like, he's going to be a big factor. And I'm like, I'm not saying he's not going to be a big factor. He's like, well, uh, and I'm like, he just has to get back into game shape. He's like, well, he's been home this whole time working out, whatever, whatever. You can run till the cows come home. You don't have 300 some guys in there. You're not sumo wrestling with somebody every play. You can't simulate that. So, like, when people say stuff like that, I'm not saying anything to be facetious to act like I'm better than, I'm telling you what it is. That's why training camp has a ramp-up period of two to three weeks before you play a football game. You've got to get in there, and you got to bang around and wrestle and get into that type of shape.
1: It, it, it's why the first few uh, days of training camp is no pads, then shells. You work your way up. the con- You work your way up into that shape. Otherwise, yeah. there's injuries left and right.
0: Right, right, and so like perfect example. and I'll be quick with this one, but like they call it a play, right? This is the this is a Cincinnati offensive coordinator understanding a situation. He knew that Grover Stewart was coming back; hadn't had been out for an extensive period of time. He knew that he would have a lot of juice in the tank on that first series, the first couple of series that he was going to be in. He knew he was going to rush to get up the field. He knew it. So what what are we going to do? We're going to trap him. And what does Grover do? Run straight up the field and gets trapped. Has zero awareness, and that's about to happen to him. And boom, they run a they they run a uh, the run trap right up the middle for a big play. That's the stuff I'm talking about. They didn't even come back to trap for the rest of the game, but it worked that one time. You see what I'm saying? Like, so they knew. I'm I'm thinking in my head as a, as an O old coordinator. He's going to get up the field. He's ready to make a play. He's going to be hungry. He doesn't. He's not going to be. He's not going to be alert for the trap because guess what? He hasn't felt that in six to seven weeks. Anyone trying to trap him he don't think he just beat he, he don't think he beat the center and got in the backfield boom here comes the guard boom see you later big big run right so like those are the things that i'm talking about when i'm saying you you, you got to work him back into the game he's got to get a feel for that kind of stuff because i guarantee you this if he played this whole year you ain't getting that trap on him yeah, he ain't like a, get lot, it.
1: a lot of a lot of the game and i will say this just from you know scholastic, not professional point of view and i'm assuming it's in the professionals, it's very similar. A lot of the game is feel. It is just kind of, you know, uh, you kind of get a, you work, you build a sixth sense of what's going on around you without even seeing it, you know? You just, you know that, okay, this guy, he's stepping a little lighter than what he what you expect him to do so he's not doing what he's normally going to be doing, doing something else, you right. know? And then you brace yourself for whatever that is, probably knowing what it is. Cause it's, it's happened to you a few times already during the season. Right. And yeah. then when You're stepped away from the game for, like you said, six you know, a month and a half, you know, that feel kind of walks away. You got to get that feel back.
0: Right. Yeah. hundred percent, hundred percent. Like that's all I was saying. Like, yeah, I mean, if you look at on the stat sheet, I think what Grover had, what, four solo tackles, five total? Yeah. Like, he was, a, a, he played physical in there. Of course, for a guy that's no injuries coming back fresh, like he played physical, but how much can he exert in one game before it becomes a problem where he could get too tired and then it could lead to an injury or a big play, right? I'm just saying you work a guy back in. He's got to get the feel for it. He's no one's ran inside zone against him in, in six weeks. No one's ran outside zone. No one's ran trap. No one's ran. You know what I'm saying? Like no one's ran. Like he hasn't done a live pass rush against someone with pads on in that time, right? So like, and, and and if he even if he put simulated, he was back home and he had pads and helmet on. He had someone else doing one on one pass sets, like. But it's not it's not as realistic because there's not you know four other offensive linemen out there. There's not guys bumping into you like there's not all of that.
1: Yeah, bumping it. You, you can't just take in consideration, okay, it's, you know, 300-pound man against 300-pound man or 600, two 300-pound two man versus one 300-pound man. You also got to remember it's the wash. stuff. Pe- people keep getting moved left and right. You're getting bumped into people, falling on your feet, your legs, all kinds of stuff. You're, you are you got to get in into that, that feel, right? Again, that's another feel thing. When people start falling around you, you kind of get that feel and know, hey, bring that back foot up. Or, yeah, you know your your, yeah. your your ankle's gone. You know, and then, you and then, and
0: How do you still? How do you still simulate that torque on the other ankle with one leg in the air against six hundred pounds or three hundred pounds? Exactly. Like you can't simulate that kind of stuff. So, like that is where only you being in practice real practice not in season practice because even in season practice you ain't getting a game rep you can get i'll tell people all the time like i'm like all right young fella, you better calm down like as i got older my career I'll be like, i'm like i'm 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 getting my work for this for the week but i can give you a game rep if you want a game rep you want a game rep let me know if you want a game rep because i'll give you a game I'm not, like in practice, I'm not worried about guys falling around my feet, my knees, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm not worried about that because we all take care of each other. So that's really still not a real simulation of a game. Mm-hmm. But if you want game reps, you want guys to really turn it up a notch, you got to worry about And it's live. That's why we say during training camp, this is live. It's live. We're cutting, we're running, we're chopping. You know what I'm saying? Like if it's live, I can expect a, 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 a defensive guy on. to leave his feet, right? Yeah. So like, it's just a difference, man. It's a difference.
1: absolutely. Well, this is a game in my opinion that uh, Colts fans and honestly, I, I feel like the players and coaches just need to forget it was just a bad day. All this is like a bad day at Blackrock, right? It was <laughs> a bad day. All right. Uh, you gotta move on uh, already, you know, cause Saturday's coming up against the Pittsburgh Steelers, right? So, yeah. I got. I feel like, you know, just, just move on and prep yourself and get ready for the Steelers because that's going to be a huge, huge game with all sorts, just you thought yesterday had playoff implications. This Saturday does too, right? Yeah. Um, so um, I think that's going to be it for me. Do you have any final words?
0: Yeah, I mean, um, you said, you know, Colts have to forget about it. At this point, it's too late in the season to forget about it. Like they need to... Uh, today they need to be going over that film extensively. They need to be breaking it down and figuring out because the only, the, the only, the only thing that really hurt them was their mistakes. Like when I look at the mistakes, it's a, it's a closer game. It's a, it's probably 21, 14. And they're in a dog fight. Now we really got to play football. You know, you, you, you gave up a lot with those two big, the, the screens, like guys missing assignments. Like you got to just go through that, clean it up. And let that sour taste stay in your mouth until Wednesday morning. And then you got to move on. But you got to learn from these mistakes here late in the season because, and you got to make sure guys don't make them again because you got to, you got to drill into them. Like if this happens, we're going home. Like we can't be, we can't ever come back out onto the field like this ever again for the rest of this 23, 24 season. This cannot be the the team that comes off the, the plane, the bus out the tunnel you know what I'm saying from the hotel yeah. downtown India cannot be when you wake up you better be the team that was winning football games before not this team that showed up against Sensi and, and completely, you know, crapped
1: the bed. Okay. All right. Well, that's going to be mo- mostly a, a coaching point, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, teach players how to play. too. I mean, they don't make
0: mistakes. Player the, the, the players have to police themselves as well. Like it, it's yeah. the point now where this part of the season like someone's got to be a leader. On offense and defense, and someone's got to take the take the reins and, and lead the team. So it's not just coaches. It's coaches too, but it's going to be, have to be player-induced.
1: Okay. All right. Well, we still got another video. Hopefully, we'll be doing today as a live stream. Uh, we'll see. Uh, it's not set in stone yet, but it's a good possibility. So keep an eye out for notifications for that. And then, of course, we're going to try – I am going to try to make sure we get our Steelers preview out early since it is on Saturday. Um, we still have to discuss that later as well. But until next time, that's gonna do it for us. Uh, I'm Lawrence Owen. Uh, that's Donald Thomas. This was Believe in Colts brought to you by Bet Online. And as usual, go Colts. Go Colts, baby. Do you believe?